Want to welcome back our audience, our listeners to season five of Tech Conversations. And today we have the pleasure of having this conversation co-hosted by no other than the creative economist, Neil Ramsey, co-founding faculty of the Radcliffe Art and Design Incubator. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. So anyway, uh, today we have Roderick Miller, and we have uh, the CEO of the Miami-Dade Beacon Council. And what a pleasure it is to have you here. I've seen you around town a few times doing your thing, always with a great smile and a great presence. And uh, it's, it's time that I think our audience knows a little bit about Mr. Miller and the Beacon Council itself, right? Uh, so... I do know, um, if you would just give us a little bit of background on yourself, I know that you are an expert in economic development, but you've practiced in other places. Could you give us a little background to your international experience? Yeah, I've been doing this kind of work uh, about 20 years, and I absolutely love it. So, uh, and, and most of my career, I've been in challenged markets trying to figure out how, how to help them recover. But I uh, but, uh, started my career in international development, actually. Uh, working uh, at the st U.S. State Department in Spain uh, and in D.C., doing work with the consular agencies there. Then I, uh, I was a Fulbright scholar and, and did a master's in finance in Mexico. But while in Mexico, I worked for Cemex, the largest cement company, uh, mm. second largest cement company in the world. But the but the last three roles where I was CEO in economic development were in Puerto Rico. So prior uh, after the storm, uh, Maria storm with Maria and Irma, I set up the economic development agency there and was there the last four years. Prior to that, I was in Detroit uh, running uh, the economic development there during the bankruptcy and post-bankruptcy. And prior to that, I led the uh, recovery of uh, New Orleans uh, after Hurricane Katrina, uh, the economic recovery efforts there. So uh, so a bit of experience both uh, internationally as well as domestically studied in Europe and all of those kinds of things. So, so try to bring all of that to bear here in Miami. All right. Well, I, I can't help but that your 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 history and the places that you've uh, practiced and worked of have been terrific are terrific cities that have had uh, terrible events. Um, I hope this is not foreshadowing for Miami. You know, that's the question that I get the most often. Absolutely not. I, I often say, you know, that I believe that, you know, after working in the trenches, Miami is the reward of, uh, of working in some some um, some tough markets for a while. But I also think that there's a lot that Miami has in common with those other communities. And that, yeah, could you share, could so, you share that? Yeah. Yeah, it's not that it's it's not that it's the, the challenge. It's that the, these are all more than being just communities that were in trouble. These were communities that were in transition. And I also think Miami is very much an economic an economy that's in transition. When we look at kind of the, a tremendous amount of growth that we uh, discovered during the pandemic, um, at all of the new uh, folks coming to this market, that's a, a significant change. Sure. Um, when you look at the uh, the reality that you know Miami, while it's a growing economy, I, I would not call it an established economy. It's an economy that's still trying to figure out where it's going, and I think that's part of the beauty of of someone with my background that because in all of these changes, I think we've got a unique opportunity to shape the economy that we want versus just responding to, to bigger market for forces. Okay. 
So this is this is uh, a very good time. So let's delve into sort of this global lens, as you just mentioned, on Miami and Miami's potential. And so you, you just basically gave us a nice summary of your understanding and, and our understanding, I believe, of Miami. And it's a city with a rich history of economic ups and downs. That's That's something that we have had to contend with here. And we still do. We're we're we're, in a, we're just coming from uh, an internationally exposed boom, and we are still booming. Um, and uh, it's a you know it's cultural diverse festivities. We just came off the heel of one, but we have many. Uh, it's not just the art town. Um, and of course, we have this, as you just mentioned, this pandemic induced surge of private capital a lot of capital coming in so let me ask you a question what has the beacon council now you, you know you, you've you've been here how long Roderick? about 10 months 10 months okay okay so not even your birthday yet but that's okay not yet. and so this is a wonderful uh we're happy to have you but in reference to this you just came here 10 months it's good so the audience wow. And the listeners might not know exactly what the Beacon Council is, what the Beacon Council does. So could you answer, what has the Beacon Council done? What are some? What is something that we might be able to witness or can point to in Miami or, or occurred that we could say the Beacon Council has done? Then if you could tell us what is the Beacon Council doing right now? And then since you're here just 10 months, maybe share some of what the Beacon Council is going to be doing um, for us in the future. But but what really, what, who is the audience for the Beacon Council? Who are they? What do they do? And, and give us an explanation, please. Oh, that's great. So the Beacon Council is an economic development organization. And, and typically, organizations like the Beacon Council, we are a public-private partnership. And our mandate really is to grow the economy of Miami-Dade County. Uh, by public-private partnership, uh, we have a contract with Miami-Dade County. We're currently in the process of adding municipalities throughout the region to, to those relationships. Um, but we have a contract with Miami-Dade County, and we have a, 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 a diverse array of private investors that also support our efforts. Historically, we've measured our performance on very simple numbers. It's how many jobs that we brought to the market or helped it grow in the market and what's the average wage of those jobs and what's the capital investment tied to those jobs. So for example, if we look at the last year, we helped bring 5,700 new jobs to Miami-Dade County. That's 5,700 new jobs with an average wage of about $98,000 a year. And uh, and when you look at the overall all impacts of, of that work, you know, we've been, uh, we, it was 51 transactions year over year we're seeing the number of jobs and the amount of capital investment we're bringing to the market increase. And we do that by, you know, uh, very aggressive marketing to companies mm -hmm. in targeted sectors and developing relationships with them, developing relationships with what we consider to be multipliers, which are your investment bankers, your attorneys, your accountants that have deal flow, and also developing relationships with local businesses to understand what are the gaps in their value chain that will allow them to be able to, you know, uh, if we were to go after those companies, come here. But I think that very simple measure of economic growth is, is a little bit too simple. So we're in the process of shifting that. And so I'm like, yeah, I could be 700 pounds, but that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily healthy. So growth right. in and of itself 
doesn't necessarily mean a healthy economy. So our shift right now is that we said not, we don't only want to grow. We want to grow in a way that's sustainable, that's inclusive, and that's competitive. So from a sustainability perspective, we think about sustainability uh, from an economic perspective in terms of is there a level of predictability and performance that we can count on time after time as it relates to the economy? And that's going to be the byproduct of the right mix of companies, of the right permitting processes, of the right interactions with government. Um, so we want it sustainable that way, and as well as sustainable in terms of the built environment. We want it inclusive in terms of whether someone's in Homestead or Hialeah or Miami Gardens, they can participate, whether they're black, white, purple, or whether they're a veteran or a woman. And then we want it competitive that that the actions that we take on the face of it just make the economy better tomorrow than it is today. And so that's the work that we do uh, at the Beacon Council. We we grow the economy and we grow it in a sustainable, inclusive, and competitive way. Okay. Um, quick yeah. question. So when you, you talked about municipalities or, or, or regions that you, you operate, so I, I would like to know a little bit about exactly where are these jobs and these municipalities, where is it being created? But the other thing is you also mentioned, yeah, because as we said, you know, Miami does have this this history of economic booms and busts, and we are going through tremendous growth. I could say, and I think it's no secret that we all know, the concern again is that we it's a growth, but you touched on this. There's, there's a distribution issue, right? That there's growth, but we tend to find growth within a certain segment, a particular economic area, and then we we there's the the stagnancy or the stagnation in other areas um and how does this growth become a little more equitable and distributed in a way that those who are already here are able to also and of course systemically that should be the case but you know we we are able to witness that this might not be happening because you know unfortunately Miami has found itself in one of the you know, poster child cities on the top of the list of uh, cities in terms of the greatest inequality, in terms of socioeconomic inequality. So just if you exactly yeah. what we were talking about, but maybe some of the strategies, because you've seen it, you've been in Detroit, you've been in Puerto Rico. These are the these are places I understand we're not coming out and God forbid we're not mitigating or, or, or suggesting in any way, any lightness about what's what's occurred in those places. And and I'm not we can't compare Miami. Um, we have our own things. They have their own things. But with this this tremendous experience that you've experienced, you you've been on the front lines of inequality. And I do think, and I will be bold to say that I think Miami is a, another front line of inequality. So how might this distribution and growth uh, 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 be envisioned to change? Yeah, I think you you hit on the, you hit on the court issue there. And, and so I think, you know, so we talk about that Miami's been through boom and bust before. I think this one is a little bit different because of of kind of the scale of the challenge. When you look at the last three years, um, for one of the first times, Miami's has dropped in population, Miami-Dade County, by about 50,000 people over the last three years, despite the tremendous growth that we've had. We've had. And when you, you dig into those numbers, the people that have left have been poor residents of our county. And they've left primarily because of economic reasons and that they couldn't afford to live here. About 61% of, of households in Miami are burdened, house burden, where they're spending more than a third of their income monthly on, um, on, on housing. 
So, uh, and I think this time is different because historically Miami was an inexpensive market. And so we could compete with second tier markets and third tier markets. Now we're expensive enough that where we can only compete with the most expensive markets in the U.S. Because if it's a cost play, we, we will lose uh, and, and against, you know, Orlando or, or, or Atlanta or places like that. We've got to compete against the big boys. And so I think, you know, the point of, of the the of that we're competing in a different landscape than we've competed before really makes us think about our economic growth differently. Um, so that said, um, right now, if we were to look across Miami-Dade County, they're probably, if we're pushing it, six to eight big employment corridors, um, but that's really pushing it. Um, so one of the things that we're going to have to do is get a- Ever, sorry, to, when you say employment corridors, could you just give us a little explanation on that? Yeah, so these are areas where there is a concentration, a heavy concentration of jobs, a heavy concentration of jobs. And we know that jobs tend to cluster around assets and, and, and around certain. So so what do, what do jobs tend to cluster around? So you've got Brickle, of course, which is around the financial services, for example. You've got the military base, which is another, of course, a, a hub of, of job creation. You've got the port and the airport. And so we know that places like that and the universities, of course, are major assets. So those major assets tend to be places in the hospitals. Those are places where there are a lot of jobs, not only direct jobs tied to the asset, but other but other organizations, companies trying to figure out how to plug into the asset. And so when we look at Miami-Dade from that, that vantage point, you've got a lot of places where there aren't jobs. So, for example, if you're out in Kendall, that's one of the places that has a lot of um, of affordable or has more affordable housing than many other parts of the of the region, but they don't have a lot of job centers. So if you're out in Kendall, you know you're going to be driving to work, and it, and you, and that's more money, and 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 there's not good public transit out there, way. so you're going to be you know taking up you know uh, dealing with the environmental issues. If you're out in some place like you know parts of Hialeah, um, there are no jobs, or and so we've got to figure out how do we create more jobs. Uh, centers around the region so that people can have access to quality jobs near where they live. Yep. Um, okay. yes. uh, and and that, that will suggest to me that you would, I don't know if I would say if you will work with them, it doesn't sound like that's directly in your mission, but it sounds as though you, you we do need to Oh, we would absolutely work with them. So one of the things that we're doing, so we just rolled out our strategic plan for the next five years. We rolled that out at our annual meeting about a month ago. And the strategic plan had kind of five key pillars to it, but that's part of it. So growing the economy, we do want to continue to do that. Championing Miami, which is, you know, how do we market and tell our story? Because we did a perception survey of CEOs around the country. And we found out that by and large, Miami was not top of mind. For expansion of their companies unless they were thinking about you know relationship with latin america invest in people which is workforce development but it's not just workforce development it's also a retention of workers and attraction of workers and then shaping the future and under the shaping the future what's really important there that is the stuff like you know where can we potentially have more job centers and how do we work with municipalities to actually increase their ability to be partners in our economic development work um, shaping the future is thinking about things like the environment and all those kinds of things that may not seem like they're direct at one plus one equals two. But if these are things that if we don't address them, um, we won't be able to continue to grow the economy. And then last but not least is deliver and track. So grow the economy, champion Miami, invest in people, 
shape the future and deliver and track. So that's the strategy that we've laid out for the next five years. And it really is contingent on our ability to deliver is really contingent on working in a very different way in terms of our partnerships with um, municipalities, but also our partnership with universities. Wonderful. And yeah, you're, you, you're working with this university and, and different creative areas. Um, and then, you know, I'm going, I'm going to broaden this a little bit because I think it's important for our audience to understand that this is not, uh, this is not an, e this is not an easy task. Um, this is very, we're touching on systemic issues and systemic things right that a city is like a body it has many many parts and you just talked about Hialeah and Kendall and then how we have corridors and these these centers and we need to expand that so the the, the something I'm going to I'm not I can't I'm not asking you to speak in detail to it but we, we we've witnessed in, in in the economics community and the science community and the academic community and the general population i'm sure is 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 becoming very savvy to this that experts and ex an expertise in a single area alone is not always going to cover or able to, for us to function or to make these kinds of developments that we're going to really have to work across what we might consider previous disciplinary divides it could be working across political divides could be working across socioeconomic divides but the point i'm getting to, to here is collaboration um and to achieve some of these things that you've just mentioned in your strategic plan would you be working with uh like the idea of transportation because when you're talking about a, a, a job corridor I mean, you could e we could either build, as you said, we could create hubs in other places, but a, a very traditional way, or or should I say, from other countries, especially European countries and so forth, is that you create transportation, extensive transportation, trains, rail, above or you know wherever you can, and buses, and then you actually transport people to and fro these hubs, so that you can create this sort of economic distribution disbursement all along a geographic area. So one, are you working with um, transportation? And the other thing, of course, <laughs> which is, uh, we, I think we'd be remiss to not mention this on this call in the terms, in the, under the moniker of economic development, is we have a affordable housing crisis, much like many urban centers in the world. So this is not necessarily your corporate <clears throat> conversation with a CEO or something coming in, but I believe it is actually in terms of whether you said, you know, that what they're typically interested in is Latin America. So they come and they want to see Miami. And yes, that is a terrific market and a, a, a strategic and global necessity. And it has done wonders for Miami, given, given our tactical and, and where we are location. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. So, so first thing, you know, you mentioned the interdisciplinary nature of the work. That's really why I love doing what I do, because uh, in a single day, I can be dealing with real estate, I can be dealing with finance, I can deal, be dealing with supply chain, uh, I can be dealing with workforce development, I might be working in the sector of finance, or I might be doing something in the sector of manufacturing. So across the board, uh, the interdisciplinary uh, approach is a must if you're actually going to be successful in economic development. The question of transit is, is front and center. So we're working very closely with the transit um, and the transportation people. So we're not the lead on transportation, but what we're talking to them about is, you know, where uh, where do people need to to get in order to be able to have access 
to the quality jobs. We're also talking with them about transit-oriented development and kind of what are where are the stations or the stops where there isn't sufficient development and where there's you know a significant amount of publicly owned land that might make sense to you know to to broker a, a deal with the private sector to create employment uh, uh, corridors or hubs around those places. So the transit question is front and center for us, uh, and uh, and we're involved in those conversations on a on a regular basis. The housing question is even more front and center um, for us because you know the, the mayor Daniela Levine Cava's asked us with our CEO council to actually help her, you know, with some of the solutions around housing. And I, and I know she's asked several groups to look into that. While we won't be the point on actually developing affordable housing, I think what we can do is we can actually help bring to the four solutions that have worked in other markets around the country. And so, so I think a big part of, of our approach is a research-based approach and mm. being able to leverage best practices so we can bring those forward. The other thing that I think we can bring forward is, is, is I've got relationships and we've got relationships with affordable housing developers around the country. Uh, we've also got relationships with community development financial institutions such as LISC and Capital Impact and others that have a deep background in uh, and bringing forward affordable housing solutions. So there are a variety of conversations where I would say we're not the tip of the spear, but we're part of the solution. And we know that we won't be able to bring quality jobs and investment here if if companies can't find a place for their employees to, to live, uh, or if if people live in such a place where they're not able to get to work. And so we, we're in those conversations on a regular basis. And, and that's a big part of our mandate. Absolutely, okay, thank you, thanks for that. So we, we talk about sustainable, inclusive, and competitive, and mm -hmm. all of that stuff falls in the competitive bracket. We're like, if we don't, if we don't focus on those things that seem a little bit tangential, uh, we'll be out of the competition because while they're tangential to the core work of bringing the companies here, they, they, we've got a product to sell in in terms of Miami Dade County, and the product is less attractive if we don't deal with those things. All right. Thank you. So. Um, before we wrap up, I would like to maybe ask you, because you're, you're the one who's hearing the call. You're the one who's hearing the objections. You're the one who's hearing, well, if it were this, it were that, meaning Miami, from the corporations, the, the, the CEOs, the, the boards out there. So in transparency and and just because there's you know we 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 know a lot of the sunny facts about miami and and it's a beautiful place don't get me wrong and this is not a, a debbie downer about our town this is but we do want to also acknowledge and be realistic uh, about these things because it is an arduous journey in front of us and you and me both and many others are are are, are deep in the trenches and and really working on these ideas to improve a city that we live or work in and work in. And so could you maybe share some of what is this, what it is that the leaders of industry, small organizations, big organizations, the, 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 the corporations and the companies that you're talking to that you would know could benefit from being in Miami and you know Miami could benefit from them being here, what are some of the things that they are saying besides our wonderful weather, uh, 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 <clears throat> our adventure and 
uh, our location, our geographic and strategic location on the globe, what are some of the things that they are saying are maybe a deficit or they would like to see for them to really maybe make the decision for them easier to come here and to do some of these things? What are, what are they telling you or telling us, not you, telling us, where do we need to improve? Yeah, there are a few things. So the first thing I would say is workforce is everything. It's not part of the equation. It's pretty much all equation. And now with un an unemployment rate of about 2%, you know, the question is, can we find the labor that we need here? And so I think they're saying that, you know, either they can't find the labor or can't find enough of it. And so there's a real need for us to be very clear about the jobs we're going after and develop and cultivate the workforce we need to move into those jobs. Um, that's uh, number one. Uh, and I think we've got a good story to tell there, but I don't think we've done a good job at telling it. Uh, the second thing that they say is there isn't a co cohesive Miami story. And CEOs and, and corporate leaders like a level of predictability. And right now, our story is kind of all over the place. So I think there's just some work around how do we actually provide a much more cohesive and coherent story of how we got to where we are and where we're trying to go. And I think now, while that's a, a challenge on one end, on the, the flip side of it is the most uh, enterprising CEOs see that as an opportunity to actually help shape that story and actually help us, you know, lead that, help lead that conversation about what Miami is to become. Um, but I think there, the question about who we are and kind of where we're going, there's still a big question mark there. And then I think the 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 uh, last thing that we're hearing that I would say is, you know, a real question mark for them. So, so I mentioned talent. It, uh, I mentioned talent, I mentioned uh, mentioned talent, and I mentioned the question of our story. The other is the sustainability question. Um, you know, I've had companies that were, you know, I gave them the pitch and they were all excited to come. And then they would say, well, you know, but you guys aren't going to be there in 40 years unless you address your environmental issues. And I think our ability to be able to address those environmental issues is going to be vitally important. Uh, so whether it's sea, sea level rise, whether it's the issues related to septic tanks um, across the board, the environmental challenge is probably the biggest one. And, and, and I'm encouraged because we just were awarded one of 31 cities across the U.S. to be awarded with, as a climate technology hub. And as a climate technology hub, you know, um, we have an opportunity to go after 50 to 75 million in federal funding to support work around the environment. But those are the questions that I think are the are the top ones where we need clearer answers. Okay. Um, I think, you know what, that's, uh, it's not surprising to me. Um, and I don't think I'm, I'm talking from an uh, academic or esoteric point of view, it's not surprising to me. I think this is what I fear on the streets. I think this is just the common concern of all of us in Miami. We're seeing the waters rise, we see the rain, we understand those particular things. Um, so it doesn't sound too disconnected. And that's maybe what I'm trying to highlight from what the leadership of these corporations who are thinking about coming to Miami and those of us who are here, there's the same concerns. And to me, that's is very promising in terms of the collaborative nature and maybe the possibility to work across these different disciplines, maybe to work with each other from those who are coming from other place, places, those who are here, and to really maybe find this sort of common ground. And speaking of, you know, like Miami, in terms of it, uh, identity or, or I can't remember the word, exact word. I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> but I think this is where it could be extremely cohesive. Uh, we are culturally diverse, but we have a, a, a city that is 
downright gorgeous really and and when you when you travel the world and see other places and you come back to miami it really is um it's a secret it's... people don't know I, before <laughs> i moved here i had no idea i had no idea that miami i mean i'd always heard about it culturally and and some of the things and I, but Really, people, I don't think uh, in most parts of the country don't recognize the kind of vibrancy that's in this community, the kind of assets, not just uh, not just in terms of employment assets, but cultural assets and and arts. Uh, you know, we just had Art Basel. I mean, it's it's an amazing place. And one of the things that I think people often forget when you're talking about business is at the end of the day, it's all made up of, of people. And so when people realize that you can live in a place like Miami, and have the cultural and art scene that's, you know, that's pretty competitive with bigger markets like New York and Chicago without the weather. Um, it's it's a pretty easy sell. Um, I, so most of the time when I, I get into a conversation, a Zoom or whatever with with the with the with the business leader and they're trying, you know, we're talking about it and I say, just come visit. When they come and visit, it's over. It's not right. it's not difficult to, to to sell companies on moving to Miami. I'm, I'm fortunate to be in the in the posture in this role that I, I get the opportunity to do that day in and day out. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, look, I'm going to say thank you so much for joining us. We can have this conversation. I could go on and on and on. There's a lot to talk about here, but you've given us some great insight. You've been forthright and 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 sharing the difficulties, but the pleasures. We're I think really fortunate to have you here, Roderick, in Miami. Um, you know, what Thank I just you. mentioned, having this understanding of di diversity and and witnessing and understanding how things are done other places and how that could benefit us. It's always uh, economic boom in, in terms of bringing others and bringing their knowledge from other places into our, our, our city and center. And I think that's re really one of the beauties of Miami. So if anyone struggles, I think it's 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 that. It's just this tremendous hub of of I can say it's a beautiful city, beautiful people, beautiful city. Um but again, thank you so much. And uh I look forward to all of what's in front of us and 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 seeing you around town. And uh do keep us abreast and let us all know how we could be empowered to help make our city as great as we all envision. Thanks, Thanks for you having so much. me. Thanks for having me.